This episode of Gaming and BS dedicated to Kevin Lovecraft. 500 days. We're proud of you. Episode 222 of Gaming and BS recorded Sunday, December 23rd, 2018. Ho, ho, ho. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, folks. Glad to have you all on board. This, uh, I don't think, well, this will not drop before the Christmas holiday. I know plenty of other people celebrate a lot of holidays, so happy holidays to all and sundry. Yes, indeed. Do you do big stuff? I can't remember. I've I've known you for like five years now, and we've been doing this for four years. Do you have anything big planned for like the Christmas, New Year's thing? Anything big this year? No. Uh, holiday season is, we've got a small family, so I always go over to mom's usually because she'll host. And that is consisting of six people. And then we will go to my sister's in law, sister in laws. Okay. And that will consist of five or six people. I mean, sometimes she'll bring a guest, but it's five family. Obviously, my mother in law passed away. So we're down one from that. Okay. Uh, So it's relatively low key. We don't go anywhere, we don't travel anywhere. You, Brett? What 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 about you? Uh, New Year's Eve, pretty low key too. Uh, I always have a standing invite to Docs, which is usually a little soiree there. But I uh, have been a yeah. Doc actually at the at Game Hole Con every year. He said, "Brett, you can come too. Bring a wife." I'm like, I, yeah, it's not gonna happen, Doc. Thank you though. I appreciate that. Yeah, for me, it's um, all the kids are home. Connor was able to get leave early from the Air Force earlier than we thought, so he's home right now, which is kind of cool. So it'll be for Christmas Day. That means all five of my munchkins are home for Christmas, which is really nice. And then um, it's a short week, and I've and New Year's is usually pretty mellow. What well, the big thing for me is like right after this is done, bam, Evercon. <laughs> so Evercon's the first yeah. weekend in January. So I'm like, holy crap, that's coming up real fast. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. The end of the year is upon us, and um, I really have no idea where the hell the year went, uh, all things said. Me neither. <sighs> anyway, I guess. So let's see stuff and things. So evercon.org, I mentioned that. We're still selling badges. You can still get them for $35 for the weekend. So I hope you're going to be there. I think we've got my last count. Alpha was still cranking through events, getting them posted. I think we got over 200 different events out there. Um, we're darn near 200. I got it. Um, yeah, event 190, 192. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of really cool stuff. Role-playing games, so forth. My two kids, my two little ones are running. And Connor is able to be there as well. So he's dragging up two of his buddies to come to the con. So it'll be fun. Damn good time. Damn good time. And uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. You want to do the uh, the email list because we're giving away stuff from awesomedice.com. Yes. Just a reminder to sign up at gamingnbs.com, sign up for our email, and be registered to win a set of dice from awesome, awesomedice.com. So we're going to give one away for December, and then we'll give one away for January. Very so, cool. Yep. And if you've already registered, great, you're in. And if you're part of our Patreon, you're in there as well. 
Nice. And of course, there's uh, my Evercon, um, Evercon Dumb Look at the Noche in My Streets of Avalon Kickstarter. Yeah. Is, is going really well. This, I've got, as of today, the 23rd, we have 24 days left. And we initially had a $3,000 goal and we doubled it. I got $6,002 right now looking at the chaos. Which is pretty cool. Within, I think, less than 24 hours, we funded. And then we hit the first stretch goal in Avalon Ranger. And then the Firearms for Avalon, the neighborhood map. It went bam, bam, bam. The first three days, it was like funding, uh, stretch goal, stretch goal, stretch goal. And it slowed down a little bit. But I'm like, uh, holy crap, this is really cool. And um, I'm, try- I'm trying my best not to inundate our listeners too much across social media. It's just really exciting when things are happening. You're like, oh, my God, look, at we did this cool thing. Oh, my God, stuff's happening. So if for some bizarre reason, uh, well, not for some bizarre reason, if you are annoyed at my <laughs> constant, oh, my God, oh, my God, posts, um, I will do my best to tone that back. But for the first 48 hours, it was kind of like, holy shit, uh, it just exploded. I actually had to, we had one um, out there, the one high-end pledge was, I was going to run a game for uh, a person and some of their friends. And that went out like, pow, right away. Someone grabbed them. I'm like, wow, that's really neat. And we talked about it. I'm like, I can do one more, maybe two more, probably one more, just scheduling and what's realistic. So that went. Our other high-end one had five openings. That went real fast. What's in a box? And I actually think one of my buddies went in at the retail level because he wanted five copies. I'm like, dude, why did you do that? He goes, eh, that's good for you. You need it. I'm like, oh, all right. But anyway, he's going to sell them. Maybe he will. Maybe he's he a will. retailer. Yeah. Yeah. I got it right uh, to eBay on all of them. He asked right. me. So that's right. Lily Bigby. So what do you think is, uh, what do, What do you, what can you con- attribute to your success, Brett? Me, mostly me. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. if, if it wouldn't be, I mean, I'm just dragging the encoded team behind me. It's like, no. <laughs> oh, hell no. Organized. Wow. No, my God. The guys that encoded Chris, Phil, Bob, Sean Merwin, John Arcadian, the art that we've got from Matt Morrow. We took a long time, at least in Brett's perspective, like, oh, my God, why don't we get going? But we took a long time to make sure we had our shit together, dialed in, and that, as I said, I said this to you earlier, you know, we wanted to make sure that we had a stretch, um, X number of stretch goals, but nothing stupid. And we wanted to keep the funding level appropriate. I didn't want to come out and say, I need 10 grand just to get this thing going. We want to do it. We want to make it happen. So... There's no point. Yeah, I'm not going to get rich doing this. <laughs> I told Hobbs had me on his show, um, which he which he just released a little bit ago too, and I you know it was the same. I wanted to do this because I wanted to create a thing with my name on it. It would be a lot of fun, and these guys um, from the Encoded Crew are just awesome. And uh, we did a really, really well planned and well executed. And uh, I told Phil this: his uh, project management skills are uh, top notch. Uh, he could work on my team any day. That guy's got his shit together. And Chris and sending John out the backers the... Gantt charts and shit, man. Yes, he is. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's that's music to my ears. You can see, you watch the progress, watch it go. It's pretty cool. That's very cool. I'm waiting to get in on some scrum meetings. <laughs> Did you actually back it? Of course, I backed. All right, it. I, was just I backed. I chipped in a dollar. All right, that's good. I think that's there's good. a dollar, right? Just yeah, like, there is. There's a dollar. Just chipping a buck. Yeah, we were trying to decide: is the Sean Kelly level the highest one? Or the cheapest one. We're like, you know what? <laughs> I think I just answered that question. <laughs> I think you just answered that one. So thanks. Thanks there, pal. That's nice of you. Well, I didn't want to take the most, the highest one, because I I think that I would want to leave that up to somebody that would certainly appreciate it. 
so you wouldn't appreciate it. <laughs> wow. Uh, I think I get it. I'll take a backhanded compliment. But uh, honestly, the other component I have to say, all jokes aside, the encoded team organizing, getting things going, making sure we can hit the marketing components, and then everybody who supported it. My friends on Twitter, friends on Facebook, G+, and the gaming and BS community. I mean, the gaming and BS community is what really is driving the thing. That's That's how I see it. I mean, we have other people who know... Absolutely, and that's for every one of you men, women, and children who listen to this thing. I am dead serious. You folks really – I, I said, hey, I'm going to do a thing, and I got people at my cell phone. I got texts. I got private messages on Twitter. I got all sorts of things saying, hey, I want that. Oh, man, if only I could give you more money. I'm like, stop. Don't don't be careful. It's fine. It's just do, do what you got to do. And I, I said this to our patrons, and I'll say it again here, is if you don't, can't, don't want to, or I, I don't care. If someone in our community says, you know what, I just I I could give a shit about city-based 5e adventures, fine. I still love you. You're still our friend. You're still part of the community, and no harm, no foul but in my book. But I got to thank, thank goodness, thank God, man. Thank yeah, God. That's great. That's great. <laughs> that's the only reason Sean and I are a, still hanging out. That was a burden on my shoulders for quite a while there. Now that you've set the record straight, I can, I can finally rest. Tell me that, I, that you're going easy. to yank your $1 pledge as soon as it. <laughs> I'm going to yank my $1 pledge. Anyway, the uh, the community here, the Misdirected Mark community, um, Hobbs doing his bit. I mean, Chris Steele and uh, Ray Otis and everybody who's just poked it, pimped it, talked about it, and just said, hey, you want to check this thing out? And people have been very kind with, you know, check it out, read it. If you like it, hey, maybe consider backing it. I've not had anybody. No one in any of the communities who are connected to us, Sean, have been asshole supporters. You've seen those people out there. Oh, this is the best thing. They're like over the top, like crazy Everybody has been very kind and very, very helpful. So, again, thanks to everybody who has supported me through this by backing the project. Even those who haven't been able to back it, I've had people contact me and say, I cannot back this. I'm not in a financial position. I'm like, dude, don't even have to tell me that. I don't care. But thank you because the message after that is always, I really wish I could. I wish you the best of luck. It's cool, man. So it's, it's, it's been really – it's been really – it's very humbling. I said that before, and I'll, I think I'll continue to say it because it's – Kind of blows my mind. So, anyway, enough about that. It's not like you haven't heard that that's happening. Shall we on? Yeah, let's get on to Random Encounter. Right. Emails, voicemails, comments from social media. We've got a plethora of them this week. Um, Michael Aldhauser started on yeah. Twitter. He said, so he said, since it was, the last episode was Tales from the Loop, Kids on Bikes versus Tales from the Loop. He mentioned WFRP and Zweihander. Yes. Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and Zweihander. As their do you next have? Versus top. I, know I, you have I know you have the former. I do have Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. I almost picked up the newest version of it. It was at my game store in my hometown. I was up there yesterday. I almost grabbed it. But I, I talked myself out of it. I'm like, I don't know. Wait till after Christmas. Wait till after Christmas. Because somebody might, ha- might have got it. In <laughs> yeah, it's, which is possible. And as uh, Hunter, I've been thinking about grabbing anyway off of, um, off a of drive through. So I don't have Zweihander. So I think that would be be one of those that where Sean did all the legwork for the other one. If this is going to happen, I'm going to have to go and buy it and do the legwork on this one. So I think it's a worthy topic, most definitely. So I will have to go grab those and uh, put them in the list. Right. Do I read the next one? 
Yeah, Angela Murray emailed us. She said, hey, Brett and Sean, listen to the uh, latest two episodes on Tales. Last episode. Good, good grief. I can't even read. Listen to the last episode on Tales from Loot versus Kids on Bikes. I want to throw my two cents in. <clears throat> well, I haven't run Kids on Bites, Bikes yet. I have run Tales from Loop and Bubba Gumshoe. I also run Masks, which is a teenage supers game. I love the coming-of-age stories that emerge from that style of game. To me, there's just something magical about getting into the head of a character that's crossing that bridge from child to adult, facing the world as they figure out who they are and what they want to stand for, whatever trappings you throw at, <clears throat> whatever trappings you throw on it. Whether it's mysteries or horror or just adventure, it's still about the kids fighting, figuring, excuse me, still about the kids figuring their place and the world and finding their own power in controlling their lives. For sure, it's a genre that isn't going to appeal to everyone. A guy in my group used to say he had no interest in playing a teenager because he actually had teenagers. He knew that if the world was depending on to save it from doom, we're screwed. <laughs> I did find it funny, though, that one of the things Brett called out was how frustrating it would be to play a kid and have to deal with none of the adults believing them. Isn't that what Call of Cthulhu games are about? Where no one believes the PCs when they talk about what horrors they saw? The only real difference is the PCs in a Cthulhu game are adults and less constrained by the disbelief of others. Anyway, um, I'll be bringing some Tales from Loop games to cons this year, so Brett just might get a chance to be forced into a game anyway. <laughs> Great show as always, Ange. You know, Ange, I do think your um, Call of Cthulhu game, I wouldn't say what they're all about, um, but what they are about, yes. I think there is some of that, but I think the last piece you had there, the real difference is less constrained by the disbelief of others. If you have a pack of adults and other adults don't believe them, they can, they're not as constrained as children. So... That would be, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Absolutely. All Sean, right. any thoughts from you? No. You, you, we can't contradict Ange anyway. I mean, she's no. 99% of the time she's right. Yeah, she's always right <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. Carry uh, on, your turn. Stefan, Spawn of Dragons. Hello, sexy BSers. First off, I want to congratulate Brett on his Avalon Kickstarter. It's already fully funded, and now there's just the stretch goal gravy to be added. Mmm, gravy. Yes, he wrote that. Mmm, gravy. <laughs> he did. I'm looking at it right now. Mmm, gravy. Now on to the main topic of this email, episode 220, Organized Play. I've never participated in an organized play campaign, but your discussion reminded me of a RPG setting called Torg, released in 1990 that I've played in. It was a great setting where our Earth reality is invaded by multiple other realities, led by very powerful beings called Dark Lords, insert ominous music, for the purpose of siphoning our world's possibil possibility energy. The mechanics were elegant and handled multiple genres since these invaders' realms were pulled from some of the typical RPG tropes. One reality was fantasy-like, one was horror, there was spy, uh, a spy one, a pulp action one, and even a cyberpunk one with a Catholic church twist, and a few others. Anyway, the publisher was hoping to get player groups to run some of their modules and write in what happened at the end, mail it to them, and this would affect future products depending on the letters received. Maybe an early attempt at a living campaign. Sadly, this never really took off as the publisher hoped. I'm sure that if this setting had come out later when the internet was much more developed, the input may have been greater and the game would have lasted much longer. There is a rekindled version out now called Torg Eternity. I do not know if there is a living campaign component to this edition, but there seems there does seem to be more support for the game. P.S. Sean, 
keep an eye on your new dog. He may be trying to kill you by luring you to hazardous places. I wouldn't say I've trained Sean's dog, but I may have trained <laughs> Sean's dog. <laughs> Carry on. My dog's been influenced. He's a he's a sleeper spy. Keep us uh, keep us the good casting boys. Merry Christmas and a happy new year as well. I look forward to the shirtless episode. <laughs> LOL. Nice. So I have to say this. Torg is one of those games when it came out, I did not I saw it and I was working at a Walden bookstore in a mall. And we Walden had, bookstore? Yes. What's that, Brett? <laughs> it's an old it's an old and antiquated idea of, of uh in America to have these big shopping malls where people would come in and be trapped like rats. Have to buy your shit. Anyway, we would get boxes and boxes of Torg books, box sets, um, supplements. I think we had everything. And we never moved a single fucking piece. It all sat there. My buddies who were running a comic book gaming shop at the time, they got into it because they were like, oh, this could be cool. And I, I've never met anybody who's played it. I've heard game designers talk about it like it was really cool and it should have gotten better press order, but I've never looked at it. I actually remember being at a uh, at a at a um, Gen Con one time and a bunch of Torg stuff came up in the gamers auction and everybody laughed at it like it was the stupidest damn thing in the world. Might have just been the room at the time. But I think Stefan is absolutely right here. If this would if that would have come out with that concept of a living campaign with social media and uh, the way the interwebs are working now, I think it would have been a hell of a lot bigger success, you know, having that in, that day-to-day regular interface type of thing. But I keep, every time I see someone like, like Dragonspawn bring this up, I'm like, you know what? I got to go find me a copy of Torg Core Rules and read it just to see what the buzz was about that I missed foolishly. Yeah. I, uh, not sure if Torg rings to me, but it's just one of those things where I'm the, I, every time somebody talks about it, like, oh, it's really well done. I'm like, okay, well done. How? I like this. I like that. So, uh, maybe I can find a used copy somewhere. Sounds Read like it. a plan. Anyhow, let's see. Next up is Matt Bonhoff on Facebook. The thing that impressed me most about Tales from the Loop when I played it was the mundane slice of life scenes felt just as important to the story as the weird science investigation scenes. They get, they get weight, both mechanical and narrative. Another very recent game in this genre is Home by Dark. It's based on Fiasco and definitely built for one-shots. Huh. Now, the thing that Matt says there, I think, is the piece that would probably drive me to want to try that game is the mechanical narrative components and how the weird science plus the investigation scenes and the slice of life, having that weight component have it all balance out like that it would be very interesting to see how it works in play that would be kind of cool have you heard of home by dark that fiasco i have not i don't think so i might have seen it mentioned but i didn't know much about it at all so might might be another one to add to your list might be indeed over to you sir knight errant jr on reddit also known as jared rasher in real life dope did i just give it away Shit. Poor Jared. Sorry, Jared. I just doxed you. <laughs> Goal. I'm way more interested in kids on bikes plus genre X rather than it kind of being its own genre. Tales from the Loop as a setting doesn't do much for me, and because the setting is the game, I'm not all that excited about it. Kids on bikes, the game and not the subgenre, is more appealing to me because I've seen a lot of different stories that revolve around 10 to 19-year-old olds where adults overall can't or won't solve the issue. 
you could kind of argue that Nightmare on Elm Street is sort of a kids on bikes movie because you have kids that have to come up with a solution for a problem that their parents left behind. Heck, the other night in the chat room for Misdirected Mark, as they were talking about the game, it struck me that maybe you could even do a kids find a transformer in the vein of Bumblebee as a kids on bikes story with the transformer as the powered character, which we didn't mention. So in kids on bikes, there is a one powered character that is uh, implemented into the game and the players get kind of control of that powered player. Um, Again, stranger things, 11, check it out. Anyways, go, moving on. I do think the mechanics could be really swingy given the wide range of DCs and the dice ratings. And having four vaguely defined levels of su- success and failure makes me wonder if I would spend too much time trying to figure out if the failure we came up with was really a bad but not a disaster. Or if we really came up with something that was more fails but not too bad. It is definitely a genre where you need buy-in. Just like someone that is going to complain about real astrophysics probably isn't going to enjoy playing space opera, everyone needs to really understand at the outset that adults will not solve problems. Even in the real world, any reasonable human would act on the evidence presented to them. Which is So I commented uh, to Jared because there is actually... I mean... Okay, so many of the things that you can do in Tales from the Loop, you can do on Kids on Bikes. And there is an actual adventure for Tales from the Loop that is based on Transformers. More of the toy size Transformers, but there is one. And of course, they can't use the word Transformers, but it's in the... I forgot what the supplement is that came out with... It's called GoBots. No, it could have been, actually. Which is the cheaper, (laughs) shittier version. But uh, yeah, so there, there is a scenario that is... Um, that's that's in one of the supplements that in Tales cool. from the Loop. But again, a lot of the stuff you can do in Tales from the Loop, you can do in Kids on Bikes. Absolutely. So thanks for commenting, Jared, on that. I agree. I think yeah. yeah I mean, Jared's a Jared's a sharp dude when he lays out stuff like that. And you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, almost any slasher movie where it's teens in the woods. It's you know a lot a lot of that is um yeah I mean that some some folks would definitely you know excard the whole kids in peril you know Jason's coming to hack you to death with a machete type of gaming but yeah no I I get it and I do agree as well that the kids on bikes choose your own genre or setting is more appealing to me than Tales from Loop you have more I feel. You have more creative latitude in kids on bikes. I like creating my own settings. Yeah. I just do. I mean, this is how Avalon came to be and everything else I've built. I, I, I don't mind Greyhawk when I play first ed, but I, I turn it into my thing. I'm always doing that. And at a certain point, if I was going to do it, I'd be like, I don't want to learn this other setting. I'll make my own. So, Well, which is fine, but you got to remember part of kids on bikes is like eight questions up front about the town that you're creating. Yeah, so, no, it's it's totally yeah, fine that yeah. to do it that way. I just I have more fun. I would have more fun building that stuff. I agree. Than I would trying to learn the other. I agree. Yeah. So. So do 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 do. Shall we? Let's see here. Zero rules on Reddit. No, you skipped. Oh, that. did I skip one? Oh, I skipped this other one, and here's why. Tidfisk on Reddit. 
He says, I'm mostly just sad to learn that Brett hates robots. When AI revolution comes, I guess who we know will be first against the wall. <laughs> That's true. You know who's going to be first against the wall? Motherfuckers who created AI robots. That's what's going to happen. Those I don't guys know, man. dead. Those well, men and women dead. I will kill them. That's well, what will the happen. AI will get them first because they don't want those guys messing around. <sighs> Fair enough. So they'll be gone. But I, I do like this next bit. Tiffa says, maybe that should be his next kid start, Kickstarter game. Kickstarter. You can call it Guys in the Woods. And it's all about hunt, hunters hiding from the murderous robots. I definitely back that. It's a fucking good idea. <laughs> Still, like Brad, I don't personally have any desire to play a kid in an RPG. Even when I was a kid playing RPGs, I had no desire to play a teenage character. I just didn't identify with them enough. I'm not certain, really. The concept just doesn't appeal to me at all. However, I do enjoy all the 80s movies about kids doing crazy shit. So here's some more inspiration for the 80s for those of you who want to play Kids on Bikes and Tales for the Loop. Flight of the Navigator. That was the one I was trying to think about uh, on, during the show. Explorers. Daryl. That's an acronym. E.T. I can't believe we didn't bring that one up. Adventures in Babysitting. You get to find out in Adventures in Babysitting that the kingpin was actually Thor. Um, pop culture reference. And The Last Starfighter. Love The Last Starfighter. Cool. There you go. Yeah, Next. no, those are good. Those are good. Very good. Uh, zero, zero rules on Reddit. I'm with Brett. Oh, this is making me happy. Whatever. <laughs> I don't have a need. Uh, I don't have a need for those nostalgia games. Maybe as a one shot just to get a feel for the game mechanics, but as a long-term campaign, hard pass. Even as beautiful as Tales from the Loop is, it's not a game that interests me, especially after having heard a couple of actual plays. Ooh, I would be interested to hear some of those actual plays. That's the thing about actual plays. Like, they're like a good game master or a shitty game master. You watch a bad actual play, oh, that game sucks. And it's like, well, does it? I don't you know. And I need to, you and I need to have that. That's got to be a topic, dude, is actual plays, because I've done them now, a couple yeah. of the ones, and... You know, there's the, is it more audio drama? Is it, are you trying to do a um, critical role thing? Are you trying to do, are you trying to teach someone? Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, different topic. Put that Keep, down, Brett. I, I would, but every time I type, you get mad at me. So you have to. Because you say I click too loud, I type too loud. Yeah, so Brett, I, I so I every time I do an episode, and I'm sure some of you might have heard it, there's like this mouse clicks during the silence. Brett's Because I just go. Yeah, look at that dickhead. All right. Uh... There we go. There we go. <laughs> I need a new mouse. I need a new mouse for Christmas. That's he what I does. need now. Yeah, now he does. Now I do. Oh, right. The genre isn't for me because there's no fantasy in the literal sense in these games. I've been a kid slash teen, and there's no need to go back to that again. Fair. Fine. Fair. Absolutely. Fine. Then join the Brett Club. I like zero And you rules. guys just go and do we'll, real fantasy RPG stuff. We'll go in the woods and shoot AI that's coming to kill us. There you go. All right. So what else is next? Oh, yes. Mr. Pemberfoot on Twitter. All right. Here. I'm going to type a little bit here right now. Just a second. There we go. A couple more clicks. And Brett, oh, my God. Imagine a group of kids who discover that creepy house down the street is actually full of vampires who just moved into the neighborhood. That explains all the missing kids and parents from town. Who wouldn't want to play that? I feel playing kids has a greater effect of fear being introduced more to the players themselves when presented with challenges and obstacles. What may seem easy for adults can be a challenge for kids. And it makes the bigger world all that much scarier. Add monsters and, well, there you go. That is a fair point. Mr. Pemberfoot, I mean, when you take something that would be annoying to us 
You know, a police officer who pulls you over for speeding is annoying. A police officer that has you and your buddies pulled over when you're 10 on your bicycles, and he's asking what you're doing, how come you're out past curfew, and do, where's your mom? There's a level of terrifying that hits you there that is no longer annoying, right? And the police officer is a vampire. Of course he is. Right. Yes. A werewolf. Or, or whatever. Or a vampiric werewolf. Yeah. See, Brett, it's the world's endless. The world is indeed endless. Endless. All right. Thank thanks. you. Yeah, everybody, thanks for writing in and commenting. We appreciate it, absolutely. Whether awesome. you're whether you're on Team Brett or Team Sean, that's cool. Yeah, you, hey, and whether you're right cool. or you're wrong, it's all good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, let's get into the main topic. Moving on. All right, Brett. Yes. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> I wanted expected to, bated breath. Yeah. 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 I wanted, I wanted to come together and develop or present a a questionnaire of some kind to players that maybe you've never played with before. It's not gonna be at a con game. It may be long term. So it may be extending so past is, four sessions. So instead of the luxury I have, like this last weekend when I'm gaming with my my crew of 20-plus years, they know who I am. They know right. how I run. Right. Brand new people. Right. They know nothing of Brett or Sean or anybody out there. They don't Correct. know Ange. They don't know Pemberfoot. They don't know how the hell these men and women run. Right. What is it that you're going to do? Right. So if you're going to run a game and you wanted feedback from the players, now this could be done. No, wait, wait. Feedback? This is post or pre? Pre. Okay. Yeah, you haven't kicked off anything. But you, you're going to say- It could be our Patreon, Brett, our Patreon. It could be like, hey, I'm going to run games for patrons. And, and you, you said, wanna, hey, I want a high death toll. There's no resurrection magic because it's a D&D game. It's good. You want that type, of, that type of stuff? Well, you want to gain feedback from the players so that if you were to run a game for them, from that for them, that they would- appreciate or have some type you would have as a game master some insight into some of their gaming preferences now so is your so, I'm so what i'm saying is, here brad is instead right. of just showing up to the game and going this is brett's game no here i'm gonna run this avalon in this way in get, this way buckle up and, and yeah and all you people you people yeah Better be all on board. Okay. This is how I'm going to roll. So I guess that I see this as two different things, though, that if I'm oh. going to get a questionnaire out there, a questionnaire would be, what do you want me to do for you versus inf- an information an information error or, an, you know, a pamphlet. I, I like everything. Can I subscribe to your newsletter? Uh, a pamphlet that says, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Buckle up, right? It's kind of like a proper a preparatory Hey, we're gonna play in this game. Sean's gonna run Swords and Wizardry. What's he running? I'm gonna run Midderlands. I'm gonna run whatever. Here's how we're gonna do this. So you're actually thinking. I was thinking more in that vein, but now that I actually look at the phrase questionnaire, which you clearly wrote and I read because I'm a dumb shit. <laughs> the uh, it's interesting to do this because it's also kind of dangerous. Because yeah, well, working in corporate America, people say, "Well, I gave you feedback. How come you didn't take my feedback into account?" I gave you feedback. How come we didn't change that slide deck? And sometimes you're like, because your feedback was stupid. 
and I'm not fucking doing that. So what you're saying is that you would get feedback that's stupid. You could potentially <laughs> get you could potentially get stupid feedback. Take that out. I mean, no, literally, True. you could get True. you could get bad feedback. And when right. I say stupid equals bad, not that the person is dumb, but you could get feedback that's like, I only play White Wolf games. You, I will not play any game with you that's not a White Wolf game. You're like, well, oh, okay, that's what. What do you want me to do? So I think the trick to a questionnaire is it, writing it, it, soliciting information that is actionable, right? Right. It's it's like doing a survey. Do you like stuff and things? No. <sighs> okay, <laughs> that that's of no use. Type of it, it's tricky, is what I'm saying. Yes, you can do. You could call it survey, a player survey, if you want to frame it that way. So I think the semantics, I get where you're coming from. You're absolutely right. Open-ended questions with that have the potential to provide unactionable results is tantamount to stupid slash useless slash bad data. There's nothing you can do with yeah, that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I'm with you. That's why you have to do it the right way. Yes. So how would you do that to avoid such a problem? Well, that's that's a perfect question, Brett. I am interested to find out elements of a game that a player finds appealing. Now, I would probably put this out there and say, even though I'm obtaining feedback from you, doesn't necessarily mean that everything that you are going to say that you want is going to happen. And I think most players are probably going to be pretty good with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think... This is where the multiple choice type of thing comes in pretty handy. Right. Where you can have four plus an other. You can always have an other column or something that wasn't quite captured. But you could say, do you prefer hard sci-fi, space opera, this, this, and this? And someone may say, well, I really would rather have um, Star Wars. I don't know, really know what genre that fits in. So that's a great idea to have an other there. So someone could say, yes, I like sci-fi, but I don't know how to classify this because not everybody is hip on classifying certain things. And that, so I think sometimes, and the other thing that multiple choice does is then from you as the game master, lets you put down saying, I am willing to operate within constraints similar to these or option. I'm willing to work with options along these lines. And that lets everybody know that I'm willing to give, like, hey, there's fantasy, there's sci-fi, and there's modern spy. I would like to run something like that. Which of these would you prefer? That type of a very simple question. But I think by creating a multiple choice in certain components of it, you as the game master are saying, I'm willing to play within the sandbox. Let's let's find the dinosaurs together. Yeah, there's all way there are a, a lot of ways you can set up the questions so that it even tailors some of your own preferences. So you could say, well, let's see. I'm a game master, and I'm Brett, and I want to run Call of Cthulhu, Avalon, or Warhammer Fantasy. Rank the following to your preference. Avalon, Warhammer Fantasy, Call of Cthulhu, right? Yeah, or whatever, got it. Right? <clears throat> I mean, so you can, you can do it in that. You could frame it up that way, absolutely. So that way, every not only are the players going to be vested, but the game master is going to not be running something they've never done before. Yeah, no, I want you to run space opera eighteen ninety right. whatever. Uh, eighteen eighty nine. Eighteen eighty nine. Thank you. Uh, okay, you know, right. I want to play Lady Blackbird. 
Lady Blackbird. Fuck. Um. Okay. <laughs> well, and it. Now, did you come up with any? Have you started or anything? Did you do any of this? No, I started noodling on it. I was up in my my home t- my home group. <coughs> excuse me, gaming this weekend, and one of the things, <clears throat> Alpha wrapped up his, um, five E Temple of Elemental Evil game. Got through that, and I said, I want to run something. They said, what do you want to do, fantasy again? I said, well, I have two different ideas I'd like to do. I'll put some information together, and I'll send it to you. So you, this is how I work with my group. Right. And I thought, I don't know if that's even portable, because normally what I do with my group is I say, here's the idea. Here's the the pitch for the, the game, the mechanical, the system I'm going to use to say it, and to help tell it, excuse me. And then here's the other thing, same breakdown, vote. You know, it, this it's, is running for people you don't yeah. play with 20 years. Bro. I think you can still do that, though. You yes, could still say you could do that. But what you're trying to do here, what I'm doing, which is why I was saying I don't think that works, is at least not in the, the questionnaire perspective, because what, what I'm trying to do here is not just find out what you want me to do, but I want to know what you're looking to get. Because <clears throat> you can say, I, sure, I like Call of Cthulhu, but I really like Gaslight Call of Cthulhu. Or I like modern Call of Cthulhu. I prefer Delta Green versus this other, the 1920s or 30s. Oh, okay. So I think the the question, the key here for this questionnaire is pulling from the player, what is it you're about? And some of those things are the obvious, like, hey, you know, I don't like kids in peril. I don't like torture. I don't like those ex-cartable type of things. Maybe that's a piece of it. But I think even beyond that is saying, what do you like? I really don't like Power by the Apocalypse games. Okay. Uh, but I, I like other story games versus D&D. I like these other types of things. So I think that's kind of more what you're going on. Am I right? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so did you – I started noodling on it on the drive up and on the drive back this morning. And I'm like, man, I just don't – I don't know where to start, <laughs> honestly, because I've uh, – everybody I've gamed with, apart when – when I'm gaming with absolute strangers, it's been a gaming convention. Right. And they know what the game is because they signed up for it. So they walk in and I say, okay, uh, you read the pitch. You read the system it's supposed to be. You're the proper age group, and you're here at the time slot appropriately. Here we go. But even then, you're trying very quickly to find out what people like or don't like on the fly. If you actually want to run a campaign like you, like you and I want to do with um, some of our patron backers, where we're even if it's a short campaign, I want to be able to figure this stuff out quickly. Or at least do something to elicit that feedback so I can craft it into the uh, wonderful narrative that everyone will experience. Right. And we can make notes of this and then put them up for anybody to use. I came up with a few. I don't know if it's, I don't know if they're all necessary. I don't know if they're all necessary. One. Well, hit me. Let, let's go over what you've got because everything I had was conceptual in my head. And I'm like, right. you know, I know, Sean, this was your topic. And I know you've done some homework on it. So. What have you got? And if nothing else, if we post it and people say, good start, but hey, here's 20 more questions. Bravo. Thank you, men and women of gaming and BS, because we could use the help. Now, it can be really long, but be very succinct and short and to the point. So you, you could have a lot of questions, but they could be a lot of yes, no, you know, rate it one to five, right down the row. Otherwise, you can make it more comprehensive, very open-ended questions so the the approach that we're taking is not the be all end all by any means for sure no it all depends on what you're wanting to get what you as a game master or facilitator of a game 
wanting wants to get from the players so that and whatever your purpose is for getting that info. So one of the things I brought up was a name, which in some people might say it's optional, but I would say it's not because if you get the person's name, then you know who's wanting what they are providing. Yes. I mean, this is not a, It shouldn't be um, anonymous. This like, should not be. This is not an anonymous survey to find out if gaming BS sound quality is what you think it should be. Right. This is, I need to know who you are and what you, right. sir and or madam or whomever, I need to know what you want to do. So if, you know, we got Janet, Stacy, Bill, Wayne, you know, Joe, whatever, I need to know what it is you want and I need to know who you are so I can understand it. Right. Um, and these are not in any particular order. Fair enough. Let's I think I think you can frame them in different orders, narrow it down, maybe be kind of funnel approach. But nonetheless, we'll just go through some of them, and then Brett and I can even critique them and say, "Yeah, I don't know if that would even make sense, or if it would provide any value." Fair enough. Let's go. Okay. One of the other ones I had was uh, most recent games you've played and why. Good question. Games. And I would probably just say games. Some people would say, well, system or whatever. But I would say just game. Leave it out there. Boom, bomb. I would uh, also add... Top three or whatever. What you, what you played, why, and what did you like and what did you not like if you want to go deeper? Or did you have fun, yes or no? Type of thing. Because you could have someone who says, I played Savage Worlds. Right. Fun, yes. I played D&D, fun, no. Right. Which is why if I know it's Janet or I know it's Bob... Or Sue, I can be like, hey, Bob, you said you're not, you didn't have fun there. Was it the game master? Was it the group? What didn't you like? I can now ask a follow up question that's much more personal to you, as you know, versus trying to capture every individual follow up question on a questionnaire because right. then the thing becomes 20 pages long. But okay. Uh, top three games you would like to play but never had the opportunity and why? Oh, okay. So someone says, I really want to play that Pendragon game. Why? I don't know. It just seems interesting. I've never had a chance. Right. Done and done. I've heard that it's good, or I've heard that it has this weird, or this cool mechanic. Yeah. Or I love Arthurian legends and the concept of families and knighthoods. Right. All good. Sounds great. Because another thing about some of these questions, Brett, is that you, so your example, exactly that. I love Arthurian knights and legends and family and blah, 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 and the growing to be a king or whatever. If you got that info, you may still be able to use that, even though you're not going to run Pendragon. Yeah, this is, this is almost, yeah, no, all of this stuff is good. It's good info right. on what, on what kind of player you have and what they want out of their game. Exactly. All right. What else you got? Three games that do not interest me are. Kids on bikes, Tales from Loop. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, though, if I said, hey, I don't want to play these, you'd be like, oh, why? I'm not interested in that. Oh, okay. What else don't you want? Well, you know, I, I think that's it's just as important to know what's out and what's in. I have had people say they will never play horror games because they do not like the feeling of helplessness or and so forth. They sure. love They love a more heroic approach. They don't like how horror makes them feel. Legitimate. I would rather know that than say, hey, I'm going to run this Pendragon thing and uh, have horror aspects in it, 
or something that would terrify them or you know make them feel less less than uh, empowered or whatever the case is. So yeah, no, that that's good to know. Now the following I had more ranking. So five would be the most important. One okay. would be the least important. So now you're getting more of a scale and range, which allows you to hone in on because then it allows the player not to be hard and fast. I like the idea of one to five versus one to ten. And the reason is is the tighter it is, the better in my in this. Well, some people will say that you don't have an odd number. Bye. So there isn't always the middle. Like, oh, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. I don't know. That would be me and the depends thing, right? Yeah. Because it always will put you on one side or the other regardless. But in some of these, I think there is genuinely, it really doesn't matter to me. Well, there are plenty of people. No, when you say it depends, we give you shit for that, right? But you look at me and go, I don't know. I, I don't care. Right. We've well, talked about this off the mic. Well, it's not that I don't care. It's literally, it's dependent upon something else, maybe. Yeah, we've talked about it on the, off the mics, and you're like, I'd play that. The reason it depends is because... If I have a shitty group of players, I don't want to play that game. Right. That game sounds like I need a really good group of people to play it. I don't want to play Fiasco with my drunk racist uncle, right? <laughs> it's just, it depends, you know, type of thing. Right. right. So I get you. So uh, first one would be, I want my games to have action. Good question. All right. Uh, next one would be, I want, say, in, I put the GM narrative but that may be more leading than anything. Cause sometimes when you do surveys, you obviously don't want to lead as much either, but then I don't know if it really gives we really, we're not doing freaking data science over here. No, it, we are not data mining it. We no. are not, we are not. But what I want say in the narrative, I guess for the most part, that's fine. Maybe more, maybe that needs to be defined. Cause somebody may say, well, can you, I don't know what that means. Well, you and I had an episode a long time back. We might have to drag it back out and rehash it. But the idea of where some people will not and are not comfortable with the barroom brawl breaks out. Is there a bottle nearby? Yes. Can I grab it? Yes. Other people, like when I play with Chris Nizek and uh, that crew, Chris would be like, I grab a bottle off a table nearby. I'm like, you got it. Done. I've played with many other men and women who will not take that ownership they just no. don't they don't want it no they'll say you're the game master you're supposed to tell me what's there yeah and it two legitimate forms of play but some people do not like one at right. all right good question i think i prefer the game master to depict all the setting and results we just talked about that right. okay good uh rules as written five like rank that as a five or up to interpretation Ranking it as a number one. Got it. Right. So that that goes to this is the Brett you, versus Sean scale. <laughs> are you more of an OSR person or are you more of a hey? That's not how that works. Yeah. Um, I want my games to be insert feel, and then like three descriptors. So maybe it's high action, heroic, fantasy, whatever. Got it. Okay. That's pretty loose, and that can be very broad. It's a start, though. You can look at that question and go, I don't like it. I want to tweak it. No, that's a, that's a good option to tweak. Okay. I don't mind disturbing content. Good to know. Yeah. Right. Metagaming. Five is necessary. One is unacceptable. Ah, okay. Uh, characters are powerful starting out. 
Do you like the do you like the level crawl? The level the grind, as some have called it. The su- the subsequent question is: characters start simple and frail and grow powerful. But I think you could get you could combine those two. You could, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, interplayer conflict. PvP action. Do we like right. it or not? Right. Most important or least <clears throat> important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then there could be quite a few more. That's just ten of them right there. One of the other, so moving on from more of the less ranking, more ranking kind of thing. Um, and, and some of these can be on a scale as well, mm-hmm. or they could be yes or no, what have you. I didn't really define that. I want my background to be part of the game. We have, I mean, I feel like you're mining all our previous episodes, which is <laughs> good. Because <laughs> we've talked about that too, like there's the... Yeah, no, that that's a damn good piece because if you have if that is the thing that you have to have, even if the answer is yes, but or it depends or however you want to do it, if you scale it, that helps. But no, that's a damn good question. To ask well, I was because- gonna like it was gonna be multiple choice. One would be most definitely, and then the next one would be it would be nice, but not a must. Then the last one would be it's not necessary. The past is the past. No, that's again. There's there's more. Yeah. It- even if you ask, you send this out, and Brett says back, Sean, I don't know what you mean by this one. Right. That's perfect because you, I have now elicited responses from you that you want to talk to me about the game itself before we even start playing. I mean, the whole purpose here is engagement pre-game. Right. So we have a conversation and that we don't just show up cold and find out through play that we are incompatible in some way. Right. Uh, next one, I have played an online game. Yes or no? Yeah, especially even even if that isn't the original option or go-to. Because Sean and I have talked about, well, I work in Madison. He lives and works in Madison. We could do a, a game together. We'd easily get together. Wayne's in town. We could do that. Three of us could get together every week or every other week and play. Well, what happens when it's a snow day and Brett lives an hour from, from Madison can't, if that's an, isn't an option. So, yeah, I, I think that's a legitimate way to go. The online tabletop or virtual tabletop I am most familiar with is, obviously, if they said no, they've never played, well, then it's not a, applicable. But Yep. Uh, the two days that work best for me are, or you could say I'm only going to run one day a week, so what is the best day for you? I think two, maybe three, if you can flex three. I don't know. You this need is to, around you need more to scheduling. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it, you got to get it figured out. Right. Because if you find out everything is great, except Brett, Brett can only play on Monday nights. Nobody else can. Sorry, Brett. <laughs> May have to happen. And then better course, to find it out and better to find this out now than uh, two sessions in when everybody's arguing about when they're going to play. And then there's uh, the times, of course. But I think there's that's pretty simple and straightforward. I think we, I don't know, you know, I kind of ended there. I know there's probably tons of more questions you can pitch towards your players. So some of the things that I wanted to kind of address was we didn't get into a ton of play style. We touched on it a little bit, right? You know, can mm-hmm. I have narrative? Do I not have narrative? When I think you start asking questions like this, because I'm a recruiter, he, he, when you start asking questions like this, regardless of what how poignant you're getting and how direct to the point you're getting, 
it it is going to build a narrative around the player and what they're really wanting to get into. Absolutely. And then it, it helps me if I were to do that. I don't have a 20 plus year group to to lean on. I say, hey. Ask this these questions up front and then I could say, hey, thank you very much. Based on the feedback, the five of you gave me this questionnaire. Here are the two games I'd like to pitch you. I'm now pitching a game in writing or verbally or however that I think should tickle all their fancies in the right way. And when someone says, Brett, you're saying Call of Cthulhu, but I said I really don't like I really don't like this. No, no, remember, Sean, you had mentioned that you would like a modern game, and I'm thinking about Delta Green. Delta Green is modern. Oh yeah, I forgot Delta Okay. All right, all right, yeah, I could so you're having I'm building my pitch based on this in this info from you. So I look at it and say, I've got this really good idea for a Amber Diceless role-playing game campaign. Turns out nobody gives two shits about Amber Diceless role-playing. No one cares about that type. I look at my questionnaire and like, All I don't think my, this is going to fly. The, the one game that everybody doesn't ever want to play is listed as is Amber. Amber. <laughs> okay, that out. Well, the other the game that everybody wants to play is Warhammer Fantasy Role-Playing First Edition. Hey, bam, I am in. If you have something like that, you could say, well, I'm going to pitch this game because it is the bulk of the people like it, and it's not on Brett's I'll never play it list. Or here's a game that I think would cover everybody's, you know, cover everybody's stuff evenly enough or blah, blah, blah. But this would definitely inform a campaign or a game pitch out to a group of players that I'm very unfamiliar with. I like the idea, man. Because I think, no, I think I think it's a good way. Even if it doesn't, again, we're not data mining. We don't we don't we don't have a data architect here to help me pull together a big Oracle database. We can crunch through this and find out how it all functions. The idea is to start a conversation, and I think the other <clears throat> excuse me component of this is to have the conversation not just in the questionnaire and say, "Hey, I'm going to give you this," and then we're going to get together and talk about it, or. Ask me any questions you have in addition to this. Making yourself open to a dis- to a verbal discussion or an email discussion, or however you're discussing it, um, even if it's a part of the session zero discussion, but some way to say I'm not just taking this blank piece of paper and whatever you put down is the only way I'm going to craft this. This is it. If you have questions outside these ten, I don't fucking care. No, 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 that's not true. Here's something to get us started. This is going to start the conversation. And the more questions and things you ask and answer back and forth, I think just the stronger the relationship will be between you and your players. And the other key is that once you've got this, you have to be honest with it and you have to use it. Because if you get this great feedback and I say, I'm going to play this. And Sean's like, I told you I'd never wanted to play Star Wars. Right. You're like, no, but we're going to play Star Wars. I have to come to you and say, look, everybody else wants to play Star Wars but you, Sean. I have to have that conversation with you before we get to our actual sessions here before we're making characters, before we take the next step. I need to be able to come to you and say, hey, man, of the six people, you're the only person who does not want to play Star Wars. Are you willing to do that? No, I honestly hate it. It's okay. I, I'm, that's fine. If everybody else wants to, I guess you guys play without me or whatever. It may cause a hard conversation like that where somebody doesn't play for whatever reason, but it would be worse for you to show up and say, well, I have all this great feedback. You guys give me a great questionnaire, info, and so on. Crumple, crumple, chuck over shoulder. 
but we're going to do whatever the fuck I want anyway. We don't even like to play champions. Why are we playing champions? You know, you've got to use it. And that's where kind of joking, kind of frustrated in corporate America. One of the things that happens is you create something, you just send it to your boss for feedback or other people. I want to see what you're going to do. I want to see this presentation. I want to see this thing. And sometimes the feedback is terrible in that regard. But what we're looking at here is I'm trying to get at you and what you want. So it isn't like, I don't think your font is big enough. You use the letter E too much. Could you thicken the periods? This has too many, too many pictures, not enough words, too many words, not enough pictures. You know, that's not the problem here. This is a conversation that you want to start and having that conversation. You have to keep it open, honest, and use the data because you're asking for it. If I give this to you and say, I will never do this, but I will always do this other thing. Sean, you got to use that, right? I mean, that's, what the fuck would be the point of doing this if you're not going to listen? So having said all of what we put out there or what I put out there and pitched to you, Brett, do you find there's anything else that you would want to put, you know, that you would want to pose? <sighs> Let me think. So as Brett's thinking of that, I'm going to pop over to something else. Go thinking. for it. Because Brett, now see Brett can think and like, listen to me on this other topic at the same time. It's actually not another topic. I thought I brought this up before on another sh on another episode way early on. Uh, and it was driving me crazy because part of what I wanted was this site to be more inspirational as it relates to this topic. And it was GM style badges. And that was designed, I think by somebody by that went by the name of Lork L O R C Fortunately, somebody said, hey, this is what you're looking for. Because I'm like, I can't remember this, where it is, who it was. I can't find it. And somebody on Twitter um, actually said, here it is. And it was Dancing Christmas Lights at Light Press actually found my tweet. And I don't even think they follow me. They just, I don't know how it came up, but they're like, here. Got me to Elthos RPG, uh, blogspot.com. There they are. There's the badges. It's the GM badges that I recall. And the GM badges, what it used to be and what they really are is if I'm a game master, I can select these badges. And by looking at these badges, you'll be able to tell what game style and game master I am. And they're broken down into two real categories, story aspect and mechanics. And they were nice enough to keep the badges and put them up there along with what the badge actually signifies. And some of the story aspects are my games will tell an interesting story. Uh, my games will be scary. So if it does, if the badge doesn't apply, you don't include it. But the goal is to have kind of a four kind of badges, one next to the other. And then by looking at them, you can tell what kind of game master they are. Uh, my games focus on exploration and mystery. My games are gonzo and can include a lot of strangeness. Characters in my games are destined for greatness, not random death. My games include disturbing content. Uh, my games focus on interesting characters and drama. And then my games are more of the social, fun, and beer, beer and pretzel style. And then the last one under story side so my games are safe and you don't need to worry about content or character death. So I think if you were gearing questions towards those, you could come up with some pretty good ones too. You know, actually in that, 
that actually more succinctly ties in what I was thinking of adding while you were talking there was I want to make sure when I give the questionnaire somewhere within there, I also say a little bit about me because otherwise it's very blind. You're joining Brett. Tell me about you. I should also tell you about me. And I think that type of uh, even using that approach saying, hey, I'm going to fill in the dots of all the things I like to do. I will run games of these styles or this type or this is. I think this is where it really pays to be very honest and say, I mean, <laughs> honesty is the best policy to ask my mother. But the point is, is that if you have a um, if you like to game master a certain way. You know, characters are like tissue paper, soft, strong and disposable. Fine. <laughs> you know, there's squishy bits that scream and bleed when you stab them. And, or if you're a person that's like, look, I'll never kill you unless the story demands your death. I think it's very important to not say, well, I, I, get, I could run a game like that. Yeah, I, I could do that for you. Do not, at least this is my advice, do not tell a group of new players, like, yeah, oh, I can do that for you, if you really don't like doing it. Right. You know, if everybody wants to play Marvel superheroes, and I do not give two shits about superhero RPGs, don't say, well, I, yeah, I could run that for you. If your heart is not in this, not now. Once you build a rapport with this group of four, five, six individuals, and you look at those folks and say, hey, folks, I'm gonna, I'd like to stretch my jamming. You guys all express some interest in superheroes. I'd be willing to try it. I've never run it before. I really don't normally like it. But with this group, we built a rapport. If you're with me, I'll try to run one for you. Right. This is your first time with this group of people. Um, now's not a really good time to say, hey, bear with me while I stretch my legs and figure out if I even know how to run this. Genre, style, format. That I don't know. <laughs> Not a good idea. So I think lead with, these are my strong suits. This is how I run it. The so other, they have a little bit about you yeah. and a little bit about them. So the other mechanical orientation, some of the questions that, or some of the badges that align with that are, my game focuses on player skill rather than character abilities. Uh, my game is primarily non-combat in nature. My game has shared GMing responsibility with the other players. I roll dice in the open and don't fudge the results in my games. I play by the book and rule zero is not being used to alter existing rules. Mm -hmm. I frequently tinker with the rules of the game. Tactics are an important part of my games. Players in my game should be prepared to run when the odds are against them. If you took those questions and you changed it to, as a player, I like to I I'm, I like to be able to run when the odds are against me. I don't need balance. If you took those questions and flipped the terminology and and focal point, it would totally work for that too. Yeah. Uh, there will be player versus player combat allowed in my games. I will mirror back player ideas I think are interesting in the game. My games use a pre-made map and pre-scripted content. That'd be me. Not always. Well, some people don't like it. Oh, right. we're playing no. an adventure. Oh, I hate that. Uh, some people don't like yeah. store-bought adventures for whatever reason. Uh, my games rely on a lot of improvis improvisation rather than pre-scripted content. Uh, the GM is in charge in my games, and rule zero is in effect. There you go. Uh, players, player characters' death is a likely event in my games. 
And then last one, my game is more enjoyable when I keep my GMing style unknown. What? <laughs> I don't know. What? No, it, it, it's interesting, though, because I, I say that like, what? And now it dawns on me. No, I know people like that. Now, there's a grid that they display on that website where you go story across the top and then mechanics down the side. And then you kind of, there's yellow, pink. Yeah, green yeah. kind of of a, of a matrix. They call it the GM style badges matrix. Interesting. But I thought it was pretty cool. We'll definitely have a link in the show notes to those. Um, I think they'd be really cool if you were on roll 20 and you were looking for players and you had that badge system. Yeah. I mean, just to be able to, if you're hanging your shingle out, it's nice for people to say, oh, this is who you are and this is what you do. And basically, it is interesting when people will want that information from a game master regularly, but not all the time do they come up and say, hey, this is how I like to play. And I think, I've met a number of people who will, but I think having a player questionnaire like that from a game master's perspective when you're running with a new group shows a level of care, concern, consideration, and uh, seriousness that you're putting towards what you're going to be creating. You know, it, it, it's not a convention game. Right. They, they didn't pay 50 bucks to get in the door, pay the $4 for the ticket, sit down because they knew it was a 5e Adventures League game or whatever it is. Or like, yep, never played this before. I'm willing to see how it goes. <laughs> they're, they're actually saying, I'm going to commit every Tuesday at 6 o'clock to play with you. This is a hobby commitment, right? It's like um, friends of mine that are... Uh, Big sports folks, you know, hey, I got in a good intramural group for for volleyball. I, I dropped out of that golf league and I moved over to a different one because I couldn't stand the fuckers I was playing with. Men and women who are into that thing, bowling leagues, whatever you're doing, people will look for a group that they're compatible with, softball teams, whatever. You try to find a group of men and women and, and folks you can game with that you're compatible with. And this is um, one way for us to help do that. I think it's a damn good idea, Sean. I'm glad you brought this up. Now, many people may say that's too formal. I'd rather just sit around and just hammer this out, kind of pitch a game, get everybody to agree with the game. Because the Game Master's got to be bought into the game as well. So not everybody can go, hey, we all want to play Star Trek. And the Game Master's kind of going, eh, this really is this is a like tool Star in the tool. Trek. This is a tool in the toolbox. Right. And some people may see it as the all-purpose hammer that they use for everything. Some people are like, yeah, that's a Torx head wrench, man. I, I, don't, I don't use that that often. Right. You may never use it. You know, maybe that spanner that just sits there, you're like, I don't even know why I have that. But it might work. And is it worth trying? Yeah, give it a shot. You're like, boy, that was really formal. Everybody thought it was stupid. Okay, <laughs> throw it out. Maybe just keep his crib notes to help guide a conversation you have. Do that. And if nothing else, perhaps just putting the thought into it. So that when you're asking questions, you're asking, I guess, the right questions or trying to ask better questions. As opposed to, so I'll just say this, is that I know that through force of personality, I can get a group to do certain things. <gasps> Brett is, well, Brett, Brett's charisma. No, no it's just when He's you're- He's got Jedi mind trick. No, no, when you're in charge of a thing, people will give you, well, take that as an authority. I've noticed this all the time at work. Well, this is, oh, this I, is this, so Brett, now Brett is going to end up being, he's going to start doing the public speaking circuit. 
Oh, yeah, He's going to start giving advice about like, here, here's how you lead leadership no. style and coaching. Yeah. Don't, don't do it Brett's way. You get yelled at, <laughs> you get yelled at for swearing. Um, anyway, here's how you get a Kickstarter B. What, but when you're, yeah, well, I Successful. did one, I was part of one. So that, therefore I, I kick ass at this forever. Monty, Coach, Monty should be listening to me. That's what I'm saying. Brett, Brett B <laughs> podcaster, publisher, director, <laughs> project manager doing the circuit. Let me tell you how it's done kids. Brett's done a Kickstarter. He's a published author. Stop. He's a project manager. Oh my God. They get anyway, all, point all the is, credentials. Like you'd be on stage. People would be foolish not to listen to you. Oh, they'd be foolish not to go go find the bar. Anyway, point is, is that I when you sit down at a table and you're listening to the person, like, hey, I signed up to play this game with Sean. Through basically force of personality, position, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to run this game. I'd like to run these two things. And they you you passionately display something like, oh, I'm in. And because a lot, I don't think, I think we are very used to as a gaming community, we'll figure out as we go along, if we have a player in the group that sucks or whose style is totally not compatible. I used to do this with my home group when we were, we were kind of flexing in size. We would have a number of people who want to come and play Vampire with us or whatever. And I, we forced people to audit a game. You had to show up and sit through a game, and you couldn't play. You, I wanted you to see this is how I run, and this is how the group plays. And I had people come and say, wow, I don't think I want to play in that group. It was really cool, but I don't think I can do that. It wasn't that's, like we that's were a better. Good idea. That's it a was good like, idea. Yeah. It was like, this is how we're doing it, and we're not changing it for you. Was kind of the, that's the hard-ass way to look at it. But like, look, there's at the time, I'm like, there's 10 people, 10 to 13 people playing. If one of them dropped out because he went to college or somebody moved – we had a space for someone to slide into this vampire game. We're like, look, this is how we run. Y'all don't like gaming like this. It's not going to change. Well, that's what we do at our where I work. They'll bring somebody in and say, hey, here's the situation. They'll, so when we recruit people to work for the firm that I work for, the second step in the process is, all right, we're going to have you come in and observe for like an hour. Because I, if you observe people doing what you're going to be doing and that doesn't jive with you, Dad, it's not a role for you. Yeah, like you show up, everybody's in shirt and tie and a sport coat at their desk. Making 20 calls, 30 calls. Wow, I don't, what, wait, you sell, you're telling me that these 30 men and women are just cold calling people. Right. While they're dressed like they're going to church. Really? Right, right. We're not, yeah, like, that. <laughs> We're not like that anymore, but we used to be really like well, every I'm, day suit and tie, man. I'm just saying, if you yeah. could walk in there and go- yeah, that's not for me. Right, exactly. It we I mean, boom, let's just cut to the chase. It is not for you. Have a nice day. You can and you can do that online. You can get together and say, Hey, we got an opening, you wanna watch? Right. Hang out. Not everybody's up for that or hip or hip to that, but it's another tool in the box when you're trying to recruit new players. I show you something about me, you show me something about you. How do you like to do this? What do you like to do? So even if the questionnaire isn't the thing you use or you just use it to guide, you think it's the dumbest goddamn idea you've ever heard of point is is that it's another tool potentially in your toolbox pull it out give it a shot it it, uh, it might help you out and as a player if you look at those types of things or think about what you really want out of a game you can bring that stuff proactively to the game master and say hey just so you know i filled this out for you or hey just so you know this is how i like to game are we cool with that and the person sitting next to me like no that's fine lady across the table like I, I don't like horror at all. What's that? Oh, my God. Samantha hates horror. I, I had no idea she hated that. Well, we've never played a horror game with her ever. Shit. We, we haven't, have we ever played horror? You know, it's a conversation starter. 
And uh, <laughs> we've joked about this many times, but it's a social activity. And sometimes we're not the most social people. And uh, it's it's just another just another tool. So here's what I'd like to see happen to wrap this up. Yeah. We will post all the questions that I have that we've kind of gone over. And a link, uh, link to the uh, GM badge site. A link to the GM badge site. But if you find that we are missing two, three, I would, I mean, I don't expect anybody to say, oh man, you know, maybe somebody's done this already and they're like, oh, I've already done this. Here's my version, which is great. Well, if we miss something, if there's better language tweaks, if there's way, better ways to ask the question, hit or, us, man. Or if you have other ones that you would find appealing and why, I have no problem adding it to the list building it as a comprehensive list and then actually putting out in a survey to everybody to fill out, you know, voluntarily, of course, but to take all, you know, the, everybody's feedback, put it in a questionnaire, put it online through Google and share the results. And what I would probably do is keep that anonymous. But if everybody was interested to find out like who's more interested in the GM, I want more narrative than, typical GMs or GM fiat games, or I want, um, you know, rules as written versus up to interpretation. I'd be interested just to get like overall community feedback to see what that looked like. I like the idea, man. Let's do it. So we'll do that. We'll give it a little while. Um, but you know, if it's one question or you don't have any, or you're like, Oh, you totally got to involve these, you know, as long as they're not overly duplicate, uh, I don't want to rehash same questions, different semantics. Yeah. But I think it'd be interesting to put out there. And if everybody wants to partake, great. Um, there's no wrong answers. It just gives you kind of a, it would be nice to have player profiles. Like here's my player profile. And you just, it was always standard and you could just, that's why I think the badges are pretty cool for GMs. But what if, what would it be a player profile? Here's my player profile. And I'd be like, oh, sweet. You score. You know, right up my alley. We're like compatible. Yeah. We're like eHarmony for gamers. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Yes. All right. Uh, die roll. We might as well just skip this week, Abrat. Yeah, man. I've got, I think we're going to have what we just talked about. It's plenty. I don't have anything newer than that. Other than last plug, Kickstarter, Streets of Avalon. Yeah. There's a link, link in the show notes. It ends when, what day does it end, Brett? Oh, good Lord. We are done uh, in 24 days. This is Jan- ends January 17th at 7.58 Central Standard Time. January 15th. 17. 17. 17. January, January 17, 2019. Yep, 2019. And we are, right now we are funded. We're actually a little, slightly over 200% funded, which is awesome. And uh, one more time, thank you to everyone out there who's heard me talk about this on this show, I know I am dead positive the Gaming BS community is the main driving force behind helping to get the word out and talking to people about it and so on. You uh, you folks are awesome, so thank you very much. I appreciate all the support. Even if you are like, look, it's not my thing, but you told somebody, as Sean and I have said, even if you listen to us and you think, man, those guys are idiots, but you told your friend, like, you like idiots. Here's two guys who are also idiots. <laughs> and the, I mean, just thank you. You guys are awesome. All right, and if you are listening to this episode later than January 17, 2019, you just have to go to DriveThruRPG and buy it. Correct. It'll be available there. Um, Next episode in the schedule, I have Detect Evil. <sighs> you thinking the power? 
the spell, the, the spell. power. Like this is it, interesting because, yeah, no, I like it. It's a pain it's a, in the freaking ass to me. It is. Remember your paladins back in the day? One of the streets. How many how many experience points do I need for the next level, Sean? <laughs> You're ten short. I detect evil. I find the nearest miscreant. I kill him. There. I haven't played with anybody that bad. Oh, I have. <laughs> you should have should have game with some of my high school buddies. I detect evil. That is evil. Fuck him. What? Hey, I need the experience points. What are you gonna do? All right. Well, thanks for everybody. Happy holidays. Happy 2018. The next episode, I think, is going to be dropping in 20... I think we'll be just around the first of the year. So if we don't get one, another one in before the first of the year, have a happy holiday season and a great new year. Yep, absolutely. Enjoy, folks. Be safe. Have fun. This episode of Gaming in BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Hawk Sparrow, Andy Hall, Corey Wynn, Graham Minert, Brian Kurtz, Larry Hout, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, C.W. Mellencamp, Chris Steele, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, Brandon Barnes, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValley, Jason Hobbs, Michael Drescher, Sky, Roger Braslett, John Hammersley, Old School DM, Perry Besor, Michael Dinos, Jim Fitzpatrick, Christopher Gray, Bruce Cunnington, Matt Cyberlick, Chad Gleeman, Lord Tentacle, Corey Welch, Kyle Winter, Merkel Froelich, Joe Swick, Curtis Takahashi, Josh Wallace, Kevin Lovecraft, and Andy Olson. For ways to support the show, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.